0: 10 power play points. Back to Kempe again. Into
1: the middle, Dowdy. Kempe fires right on, rebound. Jones down, another stop by Jones. Martin Jones has come back into Los Angeles where he started his career and where he has posted his 30th career shutout tonight.
2: The shutout, how does that feel? Yeah, it feels good. You know, I thought we played pretty well uh, last game, last couple games probably. I just haven't gotten uh, the results, so
1: nice to get back to the win, column for sure. Do you feel like you can go again tomorrow? Sure, I could. Jones has played lots of back-to-backs in his career, and if. As far as back-to-backs on the road go, this
3: is about as easy as it gets. With the travel and two days off upcoming, so we got lots
0: to, to talk about that way. Um, but certainly, the way that it went tonight, um, you know, was a lot better than us having to have a stressful night for the goaltender and, and rely on him. But I, you know, we'll, have, we'll have the talk uh, myself and, and Tree and, and, uh, and uh, Curtis Sanford and, and, and with Jones himself, and make that.
2: Joe, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Maple Leafs beat the Los Angeles Kings 3-0 very late last night. into the, So,
1: so late. Into the
2: early morning hours today. Martin Jones' 30th career shutout. So his save percentage is real, real good this season. It's uh, it's now over 920. You know, the last season he had a save percentage above 900. He had a 900 save percentage. Mm. Uh, a couple of years ago, but like above 900. Do you know when that was?
1: I'm going to guess like 16, 17, something like that. 17, 18 in 60 games
2: for for the Sharks. He had a 915 save percentage. Since then, 18, 19, 896, and then 896, and then 896. Boy, he was consistent with the save percentages. Um, And then 900, 886 in, in this season.
1: It's going much better
2: for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's
1: not let's not think about that too much. That he, I just did the thing with Hildeby, where I'm like, look, same save percentage, league over league, and then uh, Marty Jones just he's oh, he's well, just twenty five points better than he's been for the better part of a half okay. decade, and he's here. he's not a fossil, right? Like
2: he's he's thirty three years old, which is young. He's he's gonna be 32 it should be said uh in what a week and
1: guys January 10th? just let it be known guys who are 34 in the GTA are really young and and very oh, physically with it that's your age exactly I, I don't know maybe maybe I not okay. I don't know right. maybe I'll have Austin Matthews mm-hmm. I don't
2: know <laughs> okay um where's your level of belief that this is something sustainable maybe not for the long term mm-hmm. well I mean when we're talking about the long term I guess I'm talking about the length of this regular season. Joseph Wall will return at some point. It might not be until mid-February. And this is a guy in Martin Jones who's been to a Stanley Cup final before. But man, it's been a half decade since he was at least league average. Like, league average save percentage, even this year where the save percentage numbers have been dropping like a stone, is 903. He hasn't had a 903 save percentage in a single season since 1780. 18 it's now 2024 mm-hmm. what's your level of belief that that he can hold the fort
1: god that's so long it's almost a decade i i am not believing that he can hold the fort in anything more than what we saw going back to his rangers win where he let in four goals but the leafs were able to get five and that's what i expect but i will say that what i've seen from martin jones and not just last night but the run we've seen from him now that I would feel confident about him being the backup for whoever the starter is after the deadline. You know, if they decide to go in that record or that mode, or they decide, okay, Joe wall is our guy. We have faith in him when he comes back that I am confident in Martin Jones being this team's backup. And, sure, and that's, that's is, what I'm asking. Yeah, I know. I know. But that's as far as I'm willing to go. Okay. <laughs> what You yeah. want me to name him game Sh- one playoff starter? Sure. Cause he had a shutout last night.
2: Okay. Well, the, I I mean, you hear Sheldon Keefe
1: talk about, oh,
2: easier back to back. You're not getting an easier back to back in the NHL. And it feels like a slight to the Ducks, but he's like, oh, he's talking about the travel, but also like the team.
1: Yeah, well, there's also easier back to backs like New York,
2: right? Yeah. The Anaheim Ducks are 29th in the National Hockey League in goals for per 60 minutes this season hmm. uh, in, in all areas. So I the, the next question is should Dennis Hildeby start tonight? But let's have it with our next
1: guest. Yes, let's. Who, who our, cares what I think?
2: Yeah. Who is our insider? And he is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com. Today's insider, the great Gord Stellick. Hey Gordo. Happy New Year, gentlemen. How are you oh, guys doing? We just said that you can't say it after yesterday. No, it's yesterday. actually
1: so funny because, Gord, as soon as you said that, I was thinking to myself I'd make an, I would make like a one-man rule for Gord Stelic that the first time I see him or talk to him, always Happy New Year. But we did say as a show we were moving on after yesterday. But for you, Gordo, you I, know I, I love talking New to Year. you. Happy New Year, yep. buddy.
3: Well, to reiterate, Happy New Year. I'm going to mention it again next Monday as well, so <laughs> I'm so excited about it. But <laughs> <laughs> A, uh okay, Dennis Hildeby should start tonight. Yeah, I think should start. I but I but I I also don't have a problem about goaltenders playing back to back. Me neither. You know, Jones has had a ton of rest. You, you it's just a drive from LA to Anaheim, but but I, I you gotta put you gotta put the kid in. You gotta see. You know, whatever. You know, Jordan Vinnington seized an opportunity, much different opportunity. I mean, he was handed the keys to all the cars in St. Louis, whatever, a few years ago. He had a bit more uh age and experience than Hildeby did, but you know, just to your point, following up your conversation, we're not talking about him being number one, but, you know, uh, let, let, let's let see what gives. Let's see what you have. And if you brought him up, use him as if you would use your regular, normal backup goaltender, and that would mean
2: starting tonight. I, I And I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I know the argument is, oh, and I, I, Sheldon Keefe said this explicitly. Actually, it was Brad Drew Living said it explicitly, that he, he should be right now in the American League. Um, this is not where they would if they had their druthers, have him be. But he's here right now out of necessity, and I know the the worry is I guess he's going to step in there tonight against a Ducks team that doesn't score and give up seven and that his career is irreparably damaged going forward. I guess, maybe, uh, uh, my argument would be if that's going to happen, that was going to happen either way. Also, I mean, what kind of a message does this send to the kid that, like, you're so terrified of that happening that you won't put him in against a Ducks team that can't score? Like, to me, that's a horrible message to send to him.
3: Well, I, I, I actually I agree with all your points. Like, number one, if you're going to handle someone with that much kid gloves, no, come on, it's the NHL. And if you're worried about him get, you know, part part of it is if you get smoked, you know, character building, you bounce back and, you know, get over it, what have you. And the, and the other part, yes, to the point is if you feel you lack confidence about him playing in the NHL, well, then make a trade then for whoever an NHL rent goalie is. Like the David Riddick deal a few years ago for depth, like, geez, you know, so, yeah you got to go out and let them play. And, and, I mean, there's a history of guys, whether, whether it's a bit too early, a bit too late. You know, I'll, I'll go way back to, say, like Mike Palmatier, for example. I know that's a while ago, but seizing the opportunity. They were desperate for a goaltender then. Here they're not necessarily desperate for a goaltender. They're going to say desperate, whatever the word is. they got to figure out their goaltending. They have a significant injury right now, and they have to make sure it's you know, uh, uh, on on appropriate par or level when they hit the playoffs. So, yeah, if you're not going to play them,
1: then don't call them up. You mentioned Paul Mateer. Don't tempt me. He looked pretty good in that Winter Classic alumni game uh, against the Wings, making that glove (laughs) save, and then immediately pulling himself uh, before he pulled something else. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, don't don't tempt me with a good time getting him involved. I I do want to talk about the team at large, the game at large last night. But, Gord, you've been in this market, I mean, working with the team, talking about the team. You've seen it all. Can What is your comparable for the Celia Samsonov scenario where they're just, they seem so out of answers for a guy, but it's not like when it was Michael Hutchison or Jonas Enroth, you could say, all right, this guy's a backup, just get him out of here. They clearly are, are trying to f- find a way to make it work. Can you think of any situation you've seen even kind of remotely comparable to, to this one here, Gordo?
3: Yeah, because, you, you know, your point there, Brandon, is, you know, by and large, the other guys were de facto number two or 2B two or number three goaltenders you know, at the end of it, I mean, we saw a little bit, uh, well, the Jack Campbell situation in Edmonton, I'm not saying we saw it here, but he certainly was the number one, but we saw him really struggle and beat himself up emotionally and mentally after games. Like, boy, Samsonov, the same thing, and, you know, I give him credit talking to the media. You got other players that have, you know, used interpreters for six years that they've been here when they talk to the media. He was so raw and genuine that you felt bad for him. I think as well, it shows, um, and and i I give Brad for living credit about being unafraid to go to salary arbitration with him in the summer, like it's a business, and they're not sold on him yet. The Washington Capitals—it was really, really surprising that they let him go as a restricted free agent. They just didn't tender him a qualifying offer. They—they they took him in the first round. So I haven't quite seen something exactly like this, you know, Brett, about that at this particular you know point, uh, quite like Samsonov. You've seen a, a lot that they've kind of tried and true. I mean. Justin Pogge never got going, okay? He was viewed as the goal of the future, but the future never even really started, for example. So, uh, you know, Jonathan Bernier, different one, big things were expected, didn't happen, but it didn't, it didn't uh, devolve into the, the Samson on situation. So there, this is a pretty unique one for me in Toronto. And, again, Michael Hutchison, a good idea, just a, a good comparable. But, again, he was just filling in because of injuries.
2: hmm uh, so the Leafs, prior to yesterday's game, only had one win in their previous six games. They were riding a three-game losing streak. Lo and behold, they get well. He, I was going to say half decent goaltending. He, he, Martin Jones had a shutout, but yeah, I, I think I'm of the belief now, Gore, that that all the the negative things that were uh, bandied about around this Leafs team over the last week and a half, basically since the Christmas break. Um, was all due to goaltending are, are you of the belief that the leafs are just they're they're a good team when they get half decent goaltending
3: yeah you know ben I, I think probably uh probably a lot of teams are you know that way if, well I, sorry a lot of teams you know bad teams if they get exceptional goaltending it, it makes them good and certainly use the edmonton comparable and you look back at it and really you know jack campbell and the goaltending woes were, were, were the were, were game set in a match in a lot of ways for for their horrific start and, I think you're right. The last little while, you're, I mean, you're averaging like four and a half goals against per game. That's not going to cut it. You're averaging very obvious, soft goals. And I, I think you mentioned a shutout last night by Martin Jones. And I think that shutout for, uh, you know, Samson off against Nashville gave everyone a little bit of hope, right? That that could be it. But really, aside from that game, he hadn't showed it. And man, I, I know what it's like to cover or work with the team that you don't have good goaltending and it's just a bad feeling when you go to work every time and, that, that's a big thing. He just wasn't doing it. Whatever the reason was, he wasn't, and he's not here anymore. And I, you're right. I think that's, that's the biggest problem.
1: So we've uh, all heard the reports coming out in the last couple days. Seems like, you know, not surprising anyone that there are talks going on between William Nylander and the Leafs. Kipper throwing out the number of eight times, 11 or eight year deal at 11 to five per season. I mean, you hear that deal. It's such a cap world we live in. We'd love to just talk about the player, but we know we can't do that anymore. Uh, what do you make of the report that uh, the two sides are, are getting closer? And how much of that do you, do you make of the, or do you tie into the fact that Trilliving's been down this road before, not just with a player, but with a player with the same agent in, in Johnny Goudreau. How much do you think that is kind of, not forcing Trilliving's hand, because I think any GM would want to get William Newander signed, but just having had that experience is uh, kind of informing what Trilliving's going through right now.
3: Well, and the thing, the thing Brad, you, you want to eliminate, you know, if you're with any team, it was Vancouver last year about Jim Rutherford, the white noise around it. Ottawa, they want to get rid of the white noise. You want You want to get rid of that. Calgary, when all that happened, that kind of noise around the team. Winnipeg went until they signed, you know, Hellebuck and Scheifele. You had that kind of noise about them leaving. And in this case, credit both sides. There's always been a feeling that Nylander genuinely wants to play here. And uh, certainly that's the what he indicated. And, yeah, it's still a problem. When you've got so much money on four forwards, but that's not Willie Nealander's fault, okay? I mean, this is great that he's going to stay in the fold if this if, if this comes to fruition. I think it's what we hope for uh, as a Leaf fan, and um, he, he's become an elite player. He's brought himself to uh, a different level. He he bet on himself and he won, so so that that is good news. You got you know Tavares, all the Tavares, Marner, all the other ones a year or two down the road. But again, what does this mean? About playoff success, this formula that a lot of people feel, you know, and, and they've talked about it in Edmonton as well, that you st- you cannot be that top heavy and be that unbalanced throughout the lineup as far as trying to get team success in the playoffs. Well, that's not Willie Nylander's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so that's so that's positive news if he's in, if he's in the fold and the other things have to be you know figured out and we'll and we'll see. Maybe maybe they do get. Maybe they're this year's Florida Panthers. If things get figured out just by the. Uh, at the end of it and in the playoffs go on that great run that's been elusive, what, for about 20 years.
1: How closely tied together do you think the potential Nylander extension is to the conversation we're having with Marner eight months from now or into next season if he's in the same spot as Nylander? Because, you know, I think a lot of people look at Matthews, rightfully so, as the internal cap on this team, but I don't know that I picture a world where Mitch Marner is uh, comfortable or happy making less than William Nylander.
3: Well, they have to figure out about, you know, people being happy or not happy, whatever, because it's been a dominant theme, right, for the last four or five years about that. And meanwhile, um, wouldn't happiness be vying for a consmith trophy? Uh, mm-hmm. All of them. So, you know, what, so again, there's a bit of apples and oranges because if this thing doesn't work again in the playoffs, then you have to at some point look at, okay, maybe we have to look at something different uh, about that. And, ever, and the whole thing about you, you don't get rid of someone. That's not the term but just something about, okay, you know, some other assets back, uh, a different way of going about it. I'm not saying Marner in this particular case. I'm just saying this, uh, this formula that gives so much excitement uh, for a great uh, and so much inconsistency at times for a great chunk of the regular season and fails to deliver, even though they did win one round last year, but fails to deliver when it really counts. So we'll see, uh, you know, uh, and like I said, winning and winning in the playoffs kind of cures all ills. If they lose again, I think, you know, fans, and I think even within the dressing room, you're kind of looking at, okay, do we are we really going to go back at it one more time? I know Brendan Shanahan said that, what, three, four years ago. I know it's not the sexy answer, but you just go back at it again. So anyway, that's for down the road. And I think there's a bit of apples and
2: oranges comparable. I don't know if it is for down the road because, yeah, I imagine there's going to be some sort of no-movement protection. <laughs> we know Mitch Marner already has that. Austin Matthews has that. John Tavares has that. So, like, yeah, no, this will be it. There, there will not be <laughs> that discussion because I, I figure they're, they're all going to be contractually locked in. Uh, last one on Kneelander on for me, Gord. Um so he's averaging more than a minute and a half more per game this season than a year ago. He has a couple of shorthanded goals. He's playing in all situations. He was on the ice, um, killing off the the, the six-on-five with the empty net and scores the empty netter yesterday. I mean, did you see him taking this this type of step as far as being uh, – Sheldon, keep being comfortable putting him out there in all situations and, and being as responsible a player as he's become.
3: Um, yeah, and by the way, Marner was talking about talking about an extension. But anyway, yeah. but with with Nylander, you're, you're just yeah. I was open to it. I didn't know. Like you know, it, it's funny Ben that you know you had Matthews and Marner came with big big well-deserved flashes and had instant success. Tavares came over as the the big name free agent, uh, and then you had Nylander that always was in Mike Babcock's doghouse at times. He was kind of the he was the kind of guy that was sent to the detention room in the principal's office. Um, you know, Sheldon Keith coming over. I know it's been a while now, but seemed to help bring him to a different level. But he's been the guy that's been – he never was a project, but it wasn't like, boom, here he is. It's like been a slow, slow improvement how he's gone and got himself to you know more and more levels. And, again, I talk about seizing opportunities. They gave him more opportunities this year, whether it's ice time or playing in special team. Uh, situations killing penalties, and he seemed to thrive on it. So, you know, good for him uh, I, uh, that you're able to continue to grow, and that's why his salary is going to grow.
1: Yeah, it certainly will. Uh, however much we want to debate uh, what number he ends up at, I think it's going to be more than the uh, just a shade under seven that he makes now. Yeah, certainly getting a, a pay bump there. Uh, Gordo, last night, a lot of good things in the game. We talked about Jones. We've talked about Nylander. I want to talk about the physical pushback we saw. Dubois takes a bit of a run at Matthews, or quite honestly, just an awkward play where Matthews falls down. but. Who cares? We'll figure out what happened later. Go grab a guy and get mad at him. I saw Mitch Marner grabbing a guy in a scrum. Knives comes flying in. We see the fight from Benoit later on in the game. How, are we starting to see the, the signs of this lease team showing this more physical nature, more of a togetherness cohesiveness payback whatever you want to term from it you know it it does seem like a different team than that that team that came out of that boston game with brad Marchand. you know so many i mean it feels like a hundred years ago now
3: yeah you know and brad of course it's, it's i mean it's that one game that sticks out right it's that one game that sticks out so i mean it's obviously. I don't know if you want to call it a bit of a reset. That, that understand as a team, there's a certain minimum you got to do. That I know it's, the game isn't as uh, brutally physical or dirty as it was decades ago, but there's still our expectations, and that's what they did last night, and they've seen it in some other opportunities. So whether you know that was a one-off blip that ends up being a constructive reminder, you know about the the, the, the little things that are big things. Uh, you're you certainly have seen that more the last little while. And, and last night was a really, really solid road game. And that was a big part of it. That attention, you know, plain physical, uh, close checking, uh, defense offense. And of course, goaltending, it's not going to cost you a game. So they had all those things going last night in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah. Except the uniforms
1: look horrible. Um, I hate those things. God, I, yeah. I know 93, Carrie Frazier. It's a tough memory. But those two sweaters are a beautiful visual instead of whatever it was we got last night.
2: Whatever. The the end result, uh, beautiful. Uh, Gordo, always a pleasure. Talk again soon. Sounds good, guys. Take care. You too. He was our insider. Gord Stelic was. And he was brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. All right, so we teased this earlier Mm. um, that, you know, Brad Truliving looks like he's going to get it done Mm -hmm. with William Nylander. An exorbitant number, mm-hmm. especially considering the conversations we're having preseason. Now, like, again, survey the landscape, look at what he's done this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can make the argument for 11-2-5. Certainly, William Nealanders appears to be making a successful argument towards 11-2-5. But that doesn't exactly feel like, wow, Brad, you're living. Holy cow, held William Nylanders' feet to the fire. Feels like, I'm a horrible negotiator. Yeah. I feel like I I could have done that. Like I could I could have probably said, all right, whatever, Willie. You wanna sign for the same number that the 60 goal scorer did a season ago? You wanna be the sixth highest cap hit in the National Hockey League, but you'll lock in for eight years? Uh okay. I mean, are we are we gonna be this is just reports, right? Yep. Like, so this is not. And what actually is interesting about this is that now that we have this number in our head, if it's like 11 times 8, we're like, oh, well done! Genius, Brad! <laughs> but if it is... Big el- <laughs> brain on Brad! <laughs> if it's 11 and a quarter over 8, I mean, how do we evaluate the job
1: Brad True Living did? I think that the in the moment, there's going to be a lot of... Okay, he's under contract. It's eight years. The fact that the eight-year part, I think a lot of people will give him some credence to that, although I think Nylander's a guy who was going to get his eight years wherever he ended or seven if he would have wanted to go somewhere else. That just feels like he's the type of guy who would like to get his money. And again, I I am not sitting here going, he's going to get paid and take his foot off the gas. But I think he has got himself to this point for a reason, and he would like to ring the bell much more than he has, rightfully so. I think the things that will color our perception of this contract, not in the immediate moment of it being signed, but as things go forward is, you know, there's no UFA that is going to come anywhere close to that, but Elias Pedersen going to be an RFA. And if he is at, you know... 11 as an RFA mm. I do wonder what that does the perception of Nylander getting 11 as a complete UFA obviously a center a younger player you know a guy in Pedersen who little more pedigree probably a little bit of a more track record although seeing what you've seen out of Nylander so I don't think it's going to be feted as some massive win but I also think that this is part of what you get out of making your GM change is that not everything has to be a referendum on this GM's ability to negotiate deals. Because guess what? Most GMs in the league don't do what everyone thinks. This fan fiction of, I'm just not going to blink, and I'm going to stare him in the eye, and he's going to go, all right, I'm scared. I'll just take the eight times eight. I'm sorry I even asked for money. It's not how this works anymore. So I think, honestly, the biggest, the more I talk about this, the what I've landed on is, the biggest thing the Leafs got out of the GM change is normal team, normal team. We talk about that from the playoff win. No, normal negotiations. And we don't have to look at this as some thorn in the side of Brad Treliving or a black eye on him as a GM. This is the cost of doing business with a superstar who is so close to market in 2024.
2: The NHL has become the NBA when it comes to negotiating contracts for star players. Like the middle tier mm-hmm. player no, is a different deal. Don't. Yeah. Uh, but like, if you're a star player, it's basically just look at the landscape, look at who the top player is on your team, and you know slot them in somewhere between ten yeah. and a half and twelve. Like mm-hmm. that's okay. So what we're gonna like quibble over a half a million bucks? I I, I don't. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't gin up the 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 no, energy I th- to do that. I think like, the, it's plug and play.
1: I think the perfect way to look at it at is as a if it's just a like. Minus one, plus one, or zero. It's not a. I shouldn't say zero because getting William Nylander is better than not getting him. But I don't look at this as again. Let's just say it's eight times eleven two five. I don't look at that as, boy, Brad, what a what a home run of a signing that you did. But I also look at it as, hey, got him locked up. Job it's important done. to do job done. Check mark. Not gold star. Yeah. Check mark.
2: Yeah. It's like, uh, I, I, maybe my kids are too young. You know what? It, it's. Okay, my my youngest kid's report card in kindergarten because I think my eldest one actually kindergarten
1: report cards isn't it?
2: yeah they're like progress reports okay. but that's it right it's like it's not A B C right it's like not hey six satisfactory yeah. it's like yeah didn't throw his food right. at children like <laughs> check mark yes job done
1: yep and that and that's exactly how I think you have to look at this one for true he now, didn't
2: throw his food at other children
1: now it's eight times twelve. Woo! Oh, yeah, that's okay. It's not going to be that. No, I mean, certainly can't be now. Yeah, but, thank you, Nick Kiprios. But, but yeah,
2: maybe. And I'm sure Kipper's info is good, hundred percent. But I, I wonder. Yeah, again, like perception is everything. Mm-hmm. If Now we're looking at this eleven to five number. God forbid it comes in at 11? under eleven. Oh my. <laughs>
1: What a job! Brad. We are <laughs> fetting him in the streets. Plan play the parade. If it's 10-9 times eight, plan the parade.
2: Anyways. It uh, feels like it's coming this week. Uh, that'll be exciting. All right, when we come back, the World Junior Hockey Championships is essentially
1: ended. <gasps> oh, God, my heart. You're <laughs> I guess you think they're gonna I'm keep joking. playing it. They're ah, gonna keep know. playing it, I yeah, guess. W- there's a guy named Rutger McGrodery on <laughs> Team USA. You gotta let him play. What a Anyways, name. God. Canada. Ugh yeah it gets
2: beaten by Chechia uh yesterday three goals of oh. of a uh, various stinkitude the first two on the goal a third one not so much but with seconds remaining as as they bow out in the quarterfinals uh Jason bucala was there
1: sleeper agent radi Bogson, son yeah. us in.
2: Uh, Sportsnet's own uh hockey analyst he joins us next as the fan morning show continues Ben his Brent gunning sports at 590 the fan
1: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and his friend Gunning. What's the bigger hockey trope? That after every Leafs win, Mm. it's plan the parade, or it's after every time that Canada doesn't win gold at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Well, you got to start the summit. Where's the summit? Uh, As Canada loses to Chechia yesterday, 3-2... Three very smelly goals.
1: I uh, I I might have sent a summit-related text joke uh, <laughs> down to nothing. Yeah, funny. <laughs> I'm gonna throw one more uh, trope at you. Okay. Uh, was I was watching the Czechia goalie waving bye bye to the Canadian fans, to which a buddy of mine said. I hate this Czech goalie, show some class. I feel like that is also like very Mm -hmm. Hockeyman ingrained, and show some class. So I love that. Uh, But yeah, I think I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Summit. I think that is, that's, that's ours. I don't, I don't partake in parade jokes, even though I just made one last break. Right.
2: No, that's for people not in the
1: Toronto market.
2: Exactly. But yeah, no, it's not a disaster that the, you know, for the first time in five years, Canada won't have a chance to medal. And for the first time in four, they won't be in the final. Oh, what I a am. nightmare. I
1: am crushed a little emotionally. Yeah,
2: but. it's not great. Nobody wants it to happen. But, okay. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, you know, single elimination tournament against a Chechia team that was in the final last year. Anyways, let's talk uh, to uh, Jason Bukala, who's in Sweden, Sportsnet's hockey analyst. How's it going, Jason? How's it going, fellas? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to
1: you. Any truth to the rumor, Jason, that you were wearing the exact same tank top as Nylander had on over there? Any truth to that rumor, Jason? Uh, Absolutely not. Okay. People will be running for the hills if I was wearing a (laughs) tank top like that.
2: I'll tell you right now. So Mm. not a chance. Okay. I don't own one either. All right. So what happened? Jason, what happened to Canada this year at this tournament? Kind
0: of, I got to be honest with you guys. Like, you know, I was on record long before the event that uh, this was going to be a tough ask this year. Uh, You know, some other nations were building towards this, just with their cycle of prospects. And uh, clearly, obviously, Sweden, you know, hosting, they they've got a very strong team. The United States is a juggernaut. I mean, all you have to do is look at the draft the last couple of years and see all the first round picks that have come out of the U.S. national team development program and it doesn't take very long to connect the dots there, how good they're going to be through a cycle of probably three or four years with uh, those players coming through there. So, um, you know what, this isn't, as as odd as this sounds, this isn't a terrible thing. Like, honestly, like, um, parity in the hockey world internationally, I think is a good thing. Um, It's it's important that, that nations like Czechia and Slovakia, um, are on the uptick. And uh, even the Norwegians can give you a game now. You know, like, it's not the way it used to be. You know, Latvia, you, you see what they did. And, yeah, they got it handed to them by the U.S. in the quarters. But, you know, they came up with a win over Germany in the, in the preliminaries. And those are things that they were, they weren't happening in the past, right? We're talking about teams that are getting beat by a couple of touchdowns, and it's it's just not like that anymore. So, um we just, you know, this was our cycle of mediocrity. Um, I don't know how to put it any other way than that. It's uh, the team was uh, was average, and uh, we didn't adapt very well to the big ice either. We we had a really hard time getting to the middle of the ice and transitioning pucks quickly through between the blue lines. You know, like we were carrying a lot of pucks. Where on the bigger ice, you got to move it and go, and uh, we just never never got going
1: yeah big ice is uh well I shouldn't say it's never friendly to Canadians you know they've won an international tournament or two but definitely uh they you know definitely a more North American style game does uh does tend to bode better for us obviously you know like you said uh you know you have Bedard you have any of the six or seven guys that could have been on this team you you certainly have a different feel about it but you know from a Leafs perspective I think a lot of people look at it and say hmm Fraser Minton captain of a team bowing out in the quarters I I don't love that felt like Easton Cowan maybe had a few more moments a little more pop felt like they were leaning on him a little later on in that game uh what'd you make of the showing from the two leafs prospects and does it you know not change but maybe slightly alter your thinking on them one way or another
0: yeah you know you have to perspective will be everything right you have to take pause but um let's start with cowan um you know predictably he had some sprint to his game you know he's quick he's darting around and he was effective on the penalty kill he was he was in on uh, the first goal yesterday matthew wood's goal and I, I appreciated his compete. I had no issues with the way he played uh, detail-wise. Um, you know, he was kind of a – kind of bounced around a little bit. He was like a middle six and then a bottom six uh, forward and played on a couple of different lines. But, you know, I don't think they were really counting on and to bring a lot of offense. So he played to his identity is, is, my, is my evaluation, and, and I thought he was fine that way, especially for a guy that's eligible to come back. Um, Minton, on the other hand, um, we needed more out of Minton. I think he'd be the first one to tell you that it's a heavy lift uh, between the years when you're the captain of a, of a team Canada. I don't care if you're the, you know, the NHL guys, the ladies' team. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's a heavy lift. It's just something else to carry with you. But um, this guy started in the NHL at the beginning of the year, so um, you know his three points. Guys came against uh, Latvia and Germany. He didn't register a point against any of the other, you know, higher end teams, if you will. So uh, pretty pedestrian on his part, average uh, vanilla. Um, he can be better. I've seen him be better, uh, but this was uh, not his best
1: uh, 10 days. Oh, that's the Jimmy VC report from uh, Sheldon Keefe. I think it was like four days before he was a healthy scratch. Oh, I've winced when I heard that. Not that you're yeah. wrong, like you're super right. I just, uh, I don't like hearing it so yeah. much Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I... <laughs> but it, it, again, it's perspective. It's perspective. There's a lot of runway. Like, for, sure, positive, for sure, for uh, sure. He's got a lot of moving parts here. So
2: uh, They didn't get great goaltending yesterday either. It must be said from Mathis Rousseau, who I, I don't think can be faulted on the third goal, which was fluky, weirdo, uh, ill-timed, I would say, as well, with like 10 seconds left to, in the hockey game to, to to lose it. But the first two, not great. Um, and it does feel like, man, we were putting together our projected Team Canada lineups for the upcoming world cup goldie goalies are, are tough to come by in this country and you know the Q is supposed to be the ones producing them and russo <laughs> having a good year in the queue from quebec what's going on with goalies in this country jason
0: yeah i wish i knew there's definitely a uh we're, we've gone through a cycle here in in canada uh, all the way up to the nhl as we all know that uh you know, the, the Ed Belfors, the Curtis Joseph's, the, uh, you know, the Carey Price's of the world, these guys. Uh, uh, I don't know who the next guy is. I mean, I guess Carter Hart would be the next guy in line, but everybody else seems to have gone by haven't they? Like, you know, the Demcos of the world, and obviously Russia's got, Sweden's got, like... It's just the only thing I can say, and this is just a guess, and I I believe that our model in Canada is becoming elite for uh, minor hockey, and it's an expensive sport to get involved in. It's doubly expensive to get your kid to play net at an early age and then obviously play all the way through. And I think that that has an effect on it. I think it starts to catch up, the economics of the game. Um, I think we have to change that, you know, find some way in minor hockey circles at the grassroots level to outfit these kids appropriately and save the the parents a couple of thousand dollars, literally, um, you know, spread the wealth amongst the organization through registration fees. And, and maybe we'll be able to develop more that way because uh, perhaps economics has something to
1: do with it that's interesting you know I've like we've all heard you know stories of like beer league teams and it's like the goalie doesn't pay or he has a discounted rate or whatever it was it's like hmm, if your kid gets to play goal for free and we're giving him equipment yeah I bet uh, we'll be just a country of goaltenders there the The other thing I have wondered about it is just the idea and you know I'm not going to pretend to know that how much different or if it's at all different from the American system but just the idea of these super elite teams and you have two or three teams in a loop and you're not playing any competition and then every goal you let in in the one or two games it's, it's a death now like I could have that conversation in circles but I think what I want to land on there is whoever it is can solve the Canadian goaltending conundrum uh, we will be minting a new billionaire uh, whenever they're able to do that because that's how, how crucial it is to us uh, speaking of goalies we, we got to talk about what's going on in the Leafs crease uh, you're over in, over in Sweden so it's fitting we ask you about Dennis Hildeby all of a sudden uh, NHL goaltender uh, who knows if he gets a start tonight uh, Not. I, I won't ask you if you're surprised because obviously we know the circumstances that have led to him being here but should he get in a game in the nhl what are your kind of expectations for for hill to be and i guess in part with that is how much if at all should you worry about overexposing a player who maybe isn't ready or nuking the confidence of a, of a young player if you if you rush them too soon uh like some people i'm not saying that this is the case but some people think maybe happening with hill to be
0: it's not ideal. We know that. Everybody knows that. Uh, but this is the National Hockey League, and the Toronto Maple Leafs need somebody to stop pucks. And um, I'm going to counter what you just suggested there about him getting a game and, you know, not wanting to rush him. What about if we start to run with Martin Jones on back-to-backs and the veteran goaltender pose a hammy or something? You know, like, there's all, there's all kinds of balls in the air here. I'd give him a game. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he's uh, he can he can take it for a week or two right now and play a couple of games he's a monster in the net and i don't i don't say that lightly this guy's a giant um he's got great feet uh, well i shouldn't say great feet he's got good feet for a big man let's just say that um you know he tracks laterally very well there's no issues that way when he's down he's tall so he takes up the upper quadrants of the uh of the net but when he drops guys big guys when they drop and even yesterday in the team canada game against Czechia with. Uh, Um, Horable in in goal for check it. When big guys aren't dropping on time, when they're caught halfway in between, pucks go over their shoulders. And that's what happened in in the two goals Canada scored yesterday. I'm interested to see how Hildeby reacts just for the pace of the NHL game when he gets one. Um, The other thing, he does not play the puck very well at all. And NHL teams and coaches are crafty. They'll they'll expose that by getting pucks in behind their defense and hopefully between, you know, in the quadrant, if you will. Um, But... I mean, if you're going to call him up uh, and he's excited to be there and he's earned the opportunity with his uh, American League stats, let's get him in a game. I mean, it's not going to kill him.
2: No, well, okay, so this is what I want to get at, Jason, because hes it, we, we always talk about goaltenders taking a little bit longer to develop. He's only 22 years old. It, it, are you of the belief that you can ruin a prospect by giving them too much too soon?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we drafted Spencer Knight in the first round of the Vancouver draft in Florida, and uh you know my estimation is that they gave him too much too soon in florida and now he's in the american league you know trying to to rebound like he he couldn't handle the stress uh for, there was a lot of different things going on there so i don't want to get into it but um you know it, it's a delicate process and you know gone are the days where Kerry price just walks right onto an nhl ice surface right out of junior even carter hart you know and Um, Look at what's going on in Calgary with Dustin Wolf. I mean, he's won everything you can win in the American League, and he's still not getting a regular sniff at the NHL level. So um, it's got to be somewhere in between, I guess, is my short answer to that, guys. Uh, You don't want to rush him. And he hasn't had a huge volume of games. Like, if our listeners want to go and look at him historically, he hasn't had a huge volume of games over here, uh, you know, playing in the Swedish uh, Hockey League. You know, I think he started 15 games total last year. So there's going to be a little bit of a a burnout factor in there that you have to
1: be aware of. Just uh, sticking on goaltending and Leafs goaltending specifically there, uh, looking like maybe mid-February for Joe Wall, that uh – conservatively kind of puts it at three weeks out from a trade deadline just putting yourself in the position of the Leafs front office there obviously they like what they've seen out of Joe Wall obviously they were confident in him being part of the solution heading into the year but how much level of confidence would you would you have of saying okay let, let's just say the Leafs are looking at it now of okay Hildeby is fine but they send him back to the Marlies and you, you say okay your tandem is, is Wall and Jones do you think that they've seen enough of a track record from Wall or maybe conversely, they've seen enough of a safety net in Jones to believe that that's the tandem they can go forward with. Or or do you think that they'll be kind of looking at those three weeks potentially between wall returning and the deadline and, and looking at it as a, a question of, do we maybe need to still add a goaltender here?
0: Yeah, I think it's to be determined. I really do. I think that, uh, Let's see how Jones runs uh, here for a little bit. The the thing with that high ankle sprain, fellas, especially when you're a goaltender and you're dropping in the butterfly and you're pushing laterally, like your mechanics are are, are affecting that injury differently than a skater per se. And I'm, I'm concerned. I gotta be honest with you. Like, uh, that's a tough, tough injury. And uh, hopefully he comes back, you know, a hundred percent. And, but I think it's going to nag on him for the entire year. So when you start nagging and the games get really hard and, you know, the traffic in front of you starts to get more uh, bundled up, if you will, uh, everything's harder on your body. So I don't know. I'm taking pause right until I see the two of them back in the net. Uh, I would be keeping my thumb on the pulse of everything that's going on in the league, goaltending-wise. I think at this point, if if I had to, if somebody said to me today, you had to make a decision, we're either going to uh, go after a D or we're going to go after a goalie. I'm saying goalie because, uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't have said this a couple months ago, I have to be honest, but Benoit and Lodgerson have done enough that they give me a little bit of uh, relief, if you will. I'm, I'm so... If you don't get a goalie it's stopping pucks in playoffs, it doesn't matter. Like you got to get a you got to get a high end guy. And I had this conversation with the guy. I'm I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth here, but I had a I had this conversation with somebody at the rink yesterday. And you know, how long has it been in Toronto since you know we, we were seeing like the like think back to it, the Felix Ploppins, the Evadulfors, mm. the Cujo's, all these guys coming through, but. It just feels like we've been chasing that, that playoff goaltender forever, and I think it's uh, something we really have to look at.
2: Yeah. Uh, who would have thought that uh, Simon Benoit would be playing in the top four, Martin Jones would be the number one goalie right now in Leafland, but uh, that's where we are. Uh, you're in Sweden, Jason, and uh, we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for this.
0: Awesome, guys. I look forward to talking when I get back, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds
2: good, Jason. Jason Bukola, Sportsnet Hockey analyst um
1: i hope he hugs a sad canadian over there today he should like get their permission first he shouldn't just be uh you know walking yeah, up hugging smart. anybody he wants but that's yeah smart. i think i think he should should do that i also quickly before we i i needed to pose this to you so i mentioned team usa captain rutger mcgrotary is one of the great names that's we have one. do you like that better than jimmy snuggerud Mm-hmm. Which one is the which one's the more hilarious name? Because they're both very the, funny. The first
2: one. Snuggeroot is a guy that we've come around to knowing now. But,
1: yeah, I know. Every time I see it though, I'm gonna be sad when he's not say there in the next first year. guy. Rutger McGrotory. He's their <laughs> captain. <laughs> we're not I feel like we're not producing a lot of Rutger. I don't first feel name like we're people. producing a lot of McGroteries out there. I didn't know about that. <laughs> see, it sounds very American. I will say. Like that sounds sound, like I, it kinda sounds like McGruber. A little, but I don't, like, not that that's the most American name, but if you told me that's a person, they can't be from anywhere other than America. No, that's true. Uh, No, only America. Yeah, only America. That's a good point. Thank you. Here's the point I was going to make. Yeah, probably a more salient one.
2: I don't necessarily (laughs) agree. I I mean, we can talk about the, the Austin Matthews, Nehru, Neck shirt that he was wearing going into the rank yesterday. If you uh, like,
1: I, I, no, I, I mean, I'd just like to congratulate him on the confidence that yeah. he possesses,
2: yeah, rightfully so. In LA, sure. Uh, no, I was gonna say, so yeah, you can go ahead and get a goalie, and boy, does it not sound great to have your goalie tandem going into a playoffs where you're supposed to win the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup, uh, being Joseph Wall and Martin Jones. But look around the landscape of not just these, like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, who are the guys that are difference makers who you're like, oh, 100%, that guy can't be beat. That's 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 a goalie who we all expect to be stalwart in that. And yeah. that's, like, when you look at the scouting report, it's like, well, that, that guy's the, the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Even the defending champs, Aiden Hill, okay, yeah. great. He leads the NHL in save percentage at 933. So we think Aiden Hill can't be beat? Like, is, mm. is Aiden Hill, like... One of the first three things you think about when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights and and how they're to be beaten, even the the you know the goalie tandem they got in Boston, yeah, who were flip flopping over the seven game series against the Panthers and looked very mm-hmm. beatable a season ago. I get it. It doesn't sound great to be looking at a Martin Jones Joseph Wall combo. But this is the nature of goaltending in the National Hockey League in 2024. It's just the way it is.
1: Cam Talbot went into last night's game with like a 924 save. Cam Talbot. Man, just look at the... Shesterkin, the guy who I think most people still... If if someone just, like, puts a gun to your head and is like, you're going to die if you do not name the yeah. best goalie in the world right now. I think most people right away reflexively, oh, it's Yeah. He's like, lit up a bunch
2: of times this year. Not n- and not and in the top ten in save percentage no, this like, season. I'm not but you pouring know who dirt is? on him. Who? Joey Decord, like right. Connor Ingram, <laughs> okay? Right. Semyon right. Varlamov, like, okay, the, yeah, those are guys, sure they have various levels of pedigree. I mean, Decord's a former, what seventh round pick He's 27 getting his first run of games in the national hockey league. That's that's the deal.
1: Yeah. The concern I have regarding the least tandem of let's just say it's, it's wool and Jones. The concern I have about that is wool coming back from injury. Not are the two of them good enough or okay enough? Cause yeah. Would you feel better if they swung a Soros trade or something? Of course you would. Of course you would. But what's that going to cost? As we as we just heard Frazier Minton, no longer valued NH yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. Cost, yeah. I'm kidding. But you know, you're gonna have to give up one of your big, big chips. And does Tre Living want to do that? We talked about it all. Are his hands tied up right now, dealing with the D lander contract extension of it all? There's a there's a lot of play. Uh Martin Jones, in his
2: career in the postseason, nine seventeen save percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh he's he's reached the Stanley Cup final. Won a winner. He's won uh, more than the Leafs. Yeah. I
1: mean, I <laughs> They didn't win at all. Yeah, no. The, I, I I say that tongue in cheek, but it's not it's not nothing to get to cup finals and conference finals yeah. over. Uh, you know what this Leafs team would kill for? Heartbreaking cup finals and conference finals. Right. They would kill for that. They'd kill to be the Sharks of the Marlo Thornton era. Right now, that how good would that resume look? No one wants that. No, it would. no it, one wants to it, end with it, that. It would. You can't have the era end that way. I know. But <laughs> guess what? Score, we always do scoreboard. Yeah. Which era has the better resume? Oh, guess what? Austin Matthews won a heart. Cool. Conference finals. I know. Stanley Cup final. Yeah, of course.
2: It's going to be viewed the same way.
1: Yeah, the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Of course. But guess what? You'd rather at least see the mountaintop. Sure,
2: sure, sure, sure. All right. Time now for the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. All right, let's start with those Leafs in Anaheim to play the Ducks at uh, 9 o'clock. Earlier start by an hour and a half tonight in California on the back end of back-to-backs. We don't yet know a starter for tonight's game, but as you would expect, despite the fact that the Leafs are on the back end of back-to-backs and them being underdogs yesterday against the Kings, they are back to being in the rightful place as favorites on the money line. Minus 189 in Anaheim against the Ducks team that has difficulty scoring, who are plus 155. The total,
1: six and a half here, Brent. I can't believe I'm going to do this. It's a classic trap game. I should know better. Yeah. I'm going to take the Leafs yeah. to cover the spread. Mm. Minus one and a half at yeah. plus 125. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't trust the over one way or another, I... and I refuse to bet the ducks on the money line, so that's where we end up.
2: Yeah, th- I, I mean... That's counter to everything yeah, we know about know. this Leafs team, right? I
1: know, but but they also sometimes zig when they should zag. I I,
2: I think this this has overtime and and maybe mm. like a another shootout victory written all over it for the Leafs. So I I actually kind of like the 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 Ducks plus one and a half on the goal line. Okay, uh, at minus one forty nine. All right, Raptors in action starting that road trip. Tonight in Memphis against John Morant and the Grizzlies playing on the back end of back-to-backs. They have a brutal um, record this season. But, yeah, playing the majority of it without John Morant. Raptors' second game with R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly are underdogs, but uh, only slight. Plus one and a half on the road. Moneyline plus 105. The total 231
1: and a half. Let's go Raptors-Moneyline. Tired Grizz team wraps are feeling good. Still riding a bit of an emotional high chief vibe officer, coach Darko ready to cook. Give me wraps on the money line. Plus one Oh five.
2: Give me over the total. The, okay. This Raptors can score now all yep. of a sudden, right? Like that, that to me was one of the biggest takeaways from that Cavs game. And maybe the defense is a little diminished without OG Ananobi, but yeah, but yeah, this used to be automatic free money Raptors under, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's going to take Vegas a little bit to catch up to the mm. fact this is not your father's Raptors team. Uh, give me over 231.5 tonight in Memphis. That was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. When we come back, more on the Leafs, 3 nothing win in L.A. over the Kings and the reported potential extension for William Nylander, 8 times 11 and a quarter. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.